Good morning, good morning. Chodesh Tov, Rabotai, Chodesh Tov, the month of joy. Wonderful, wonderful uh, day. We're celebrating together. Breakfast today is sponsored by Yaakov Shirazi on the occasion of Rosh Chodesh Adar Bet. For success in everything and for the Rufuash of Aviva Shabu Bat Masuda. Breakfast is also sponsored by Ezra Ini in honor of his wife Betty and the birth of their baby boy, Mabruk Mazatov. And finally, breakfast in loving memory of Lilini Shmat, Yudit Bat Francis, Alea Shalom, sponsored by the Enav family. The Pasuk tells us that in building the Mishkan, there were two partners. And the two partners were Bitzalel ben Uri ben Chul and the other partner was Ohaliav. His name was, he came from the tribe of Dan. He was the son of Achisamach from the tribe of Dan. The, the Sepharim tell us as follows <clears throat> These two partnerships were put together specifically because while one of them, their tribes, Yehuda, was a tribe of kingship, he was a tribe of the Melech. The other one, the tribe of Dan, was Me'asef Lechol Machanot. He would go around and they would pick up after everybody else. They would find all the lost objects because they traveled last in the constellation of the Jewish people's travels in the desert. Dan was Me'asef Lechol Machanot. They would pick up after all the other uh, camps and they would return the lost objects. So one of them is a sweeper and the other one is the king. One travels first and one travels last. And yet, the person that travels first and the person that travels last come together to be able to build the Mishkan. And there's an unbelievable message in this. In fact, the Halakha says as follows. Let's say someone has a, 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 a Mishaberach to make. or a So you go up to the Sefer and you say, uh, you know, that uh, in, you know, in, uh, in, uh, in honor of, of uh, my father, you know, this Panben this. What happens if your father is a, a very important person? He's a rabbi, or he's a, he's a governor, or he's a leader of the synagogue. There's no titles that a person gets, would say when they're saying the tefillot. Why? Because we say in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in Sirara, there's no leadership. There's no power in front of God. What that means is that for me and for you, I look at this guy, he's a very wealthy guy. Wow. Look at this guy, he's a very powerful guy. Wow. Hazako Baruch. But imagine we were both standing in front of Putin who is probably today the strongest and most wealthy man on the planet. When he looks at you, what does he think you are? You're a regular guy. Who's that guy? Also a regular guy. You means means nothing to him. Could you imagine what it's like in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how ridiculous it would be to say some sort of title in front of God? You just say the person's name. And therefore, I also, I don't usually say the person, Rabbi this or Rabbi that or whatever, this, you know, Adon, because to say Adon in front of Amonai, it's a little bit ridiculous, okay? That idea means that when uh, a person comes to try and get married to someone, they're very involved and they're thinking a lot about the pedigree. When people, uh, you know, uh, are trying to get a shiduch, they want to think, oh, which family am I marrying into? You know, is it this family? Is it that family? Who was your father? Who was your grandfather, right? But when you're talking about standing in front of God, when you're talking about building the house of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the concept of class, the concept of who your father or mother was, it just disappears. It's, it's an irrelevant factor. Now, I want to share with you an unbelievable story. It was once a man who came to a, a big tamik hacham, and he said, Rabbi, you know, I need some help. You know, my father was this. My grandfather was that. My great-grandfather was this tzaddik. My um, wife's grandfather was this. Finally, the rabbi puts up his hand. He's had enough. He said, stop telling me 
who your grandparents were and tell me who your grandchildren are going to be. Bitzalel, Ben Uri, Ben Chur, Azaku, Baruch. You're the grandson of Miriam, Yocheved, Amram, the biggest, the best, the brightest. Well done. Who are you? Who are you going to be? It's up to what you want to be and what you want to become. So I want to point this out because I think this is a very powerful, a very powerful idea. The Gemara says that there was a case where all the Chachamim came to Rav Dosa ben Hurkanis. Rav Dosa ben Hurkanis was the re- leading rabbi of the day. And at the time, already he had lost his vision. He got, all of a sudden walks into the room, Rav Yoshua ben Hananya, great rabbi of the day. He walks in and Rav, Yo- Rav Yo- Dosa ben Hurkanis he hears the voice of Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananiah. Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananiah says, I'm not here alone. I have with me also Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah. He says, welcome. And he says, also I have with me Akiva ben Yosef. I have with me Akiva, the son of Yosef. Who is he referring to? Rabbi Akiva. Pana Rabbi Dosa ve'amarlo. Rabbi Dosa turned and said, oh, are you Akiva ben Yosef? That they hear about your name from one side of the earth to the other. May there be many more like you amongst the Jewish people. All of a sudden, you have Rabbi Yoshua, no blessing. You have Rabbi Azab these are people, these are massive. No beracha. All he says to them is, Shalom Aleichem. Now, Akiva ben Yosef. Are you the Rabbi Akiva? Wow, from one side of the world to the other. He gives a berakha. There should be many more like you in Am Israel. You know what the answer is? Akiva ben Yosef was not the son of a great Talmud Chacham. He was not the son of a well-respected family. He was, a, far, he was a, a shepherd. And not only was he a shepherd, he was a shepherd who grew up hating religion and hating rabbis. He used to say, show me a rabbi and I will bite him. That's literally what Rabbi Akiva used to say. Said the Rabbi Dosab and Hurkanis, if I give a blessing, there should be many, many more pedigreed people. What happens to the people that are not born to that? All it does is foster this idea, reinforce this concept that the only way a person could succeed is if they have their father starting them off with a tremendous value, a storehouse of knowledge. But if I didn't come from a religious family, what chance do I have? Says Rabbi Dosa ben Urkinus, I wish there would be more people like you, Rabbi Akiva. Because then all the people that think that they can't do it, then you know what they'll know and they'll hear. They'll think, wow, Rabbi Akiva did it. I could do it as well. I have to say, this idea is not only with regards to religion and not only with regards to, uh, to Torah, but it's also true with regards to business and succeeding in anything that a person sets their mind to. A lot of times people feel like, you know, I'm not even going to try. Because how am I going to compete with this guy and with that guy? They have the backing of their parents, the investments. They're, you know, they're getting started off a leg up on the ladder. You know, how could I ever manage to be able to compete with them? What they don't realize is that although there's a great blessing that sometimes people have because they have their families or they have someone backing them and helping them and giving them the resources, that blessing can also become a curse. Because the person doesn't know what it means to fight their way up the bottom rungs of the ladder. And you know what? Someone who started 50 rungs up, if God forbid they ever fall, they've never been on step one. And they don't recover from that. But you, you've been there. You've climbed it. You know how to do it. You know how to teach your children that resilience. So although uh, someone that starts off very high is wonderful, but everybody's got challenges. And what are you going to do if your life was always easy and you had a silver spoon surgically implanted into your mouth? 
What's going to be? What's going to be then? In such a scenario, we hear the words of Rebbe ben Urkanis, where he said, Yirbu Yisrael. There's an unbelievable story of a man, of, excuse me, of a woman who's standing outside of her house as the house is burning to the ground. She's crying and crying and crying. And his son comes up to his mother and he says, Mach, okay, we'll buy more clothes. His mother says, it's not the clothes, honey. It's not why I'm crying. He says, don't worry, we'll get more furniture. His mother says, don't worry. Ma, don't worry, my son. She says, it's not about, I'm not crying about the furniture. She says, you're not crying about the furniture. You're not crying about the clothes. We'll find another house. She says, I'm not even crying about the house. All that we can replace. She says, so Ma, why are you crying? She says, you know, your father passed away. He's a big sadiq. And in that house, we have a sefer yuchsin, a book that tells all of the lineage, the family tree, a family tree that goes back, and we have some great rabbis in that book. And the boy turns to his mother, and his cheeks running down his, his face. But he grabs his, mother hands, his mother's hand, and he squeezes it tight. And he says, Mama, I promise you, I'm going to write you a new book. And that book is going to be better. And it's going to have more branches and better fruit than the one that we lost uh, last night in the fire. And his mother says, Nihamtani, you have comforted me. I want to ask you this question. Who's better, a person that lives in the past or a person that lives with an eye on the future? We are supposed to always and constantly look forward. And you know what? Where we were is not as important as where we're going. We need to know where we came from, but we need to plan for and work toward where we're going. Rabotai, is an unbelievable idea. And I want to end with this. I want to end with this. Moshe Rabbeinu tells B'Tzalel, he says, B'Tzalel, I want you to build the Kelim, and then he tells him, I want you to build the Mishkan. Look in the parasha. What comes first in Terumah? First he tells him to build the Aron. He tells him to build the Mizbeach. He tells him to build the Shulchan. He tells him to build all these things. Afterwards he tells him to build the, the, the casing, the building itself. B'tzalel says to Moshe Rabbeinu, is it possible that actually Hashem told you that I should build it the other way around? That I should build the Mishkan first and then the Kelim? In fact, doesn't it make more sense? If I build the Kelim, where am I going to put it into? If I build the Kelim, I don't have anywhere to store them while I'm building it. Doesn't it make more sense to first build the structure and then build the vessels? Maybe that's what you heard from Hashem. Says Moshe Rabbeinu, Shema Betzel El Hayita. Your name is Betzel El. Were you in the shadow of God? Were you sitting there listening when God was telling me? You're absolutely right. That is how God said it to me. I said it to you incorrectly. I think that there's one unbelievable lesson that we learn from this. What was Betzalel communicating? Of course the most important thing is what's inside this house. The kelim are more important. So when Moshe Rabbeinu communicates it, he tells the Jewish people, this is what I want you to build. It wasn't about the wall as much as it was about what was inside. But Betzalel is like the shadow of Hashem. When something is a shadow, what happens? You see, as the light comes through, where do you see it? You have on the bottom, you're witnessing something that looks differently than is the actual commandment itself. He was able to, to recognize the reflection of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And here is the kicker. Imagine there's light shining on a hand, but there's no floor. Can a person experience the shadow, the image of the fingers on the floor? Impossible. What you need in order to be able to catch that reflection, to see the image, to see the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks, the shape of God's commandments, of God's love. You needed something, a board, something to be able to catch that on. The same thing is true with us. God could bless us with the most amazing blessings in the world. Solid gold, Aaron, Shulchan, Menorah. We can have all the blessings from our parents. 
If we ourselves have not built ourselves into human beings, into mishkan, into a vessel to be able to hold those things, you know what happens? They just get ruined. They're sitting out in the rain. You haven't built something to be able to protect them. May God bless us to be effective and powerful kelim, vessels to receive his berachot. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen. Chodesh Tov Umvorach. Amen.